We made it. Oh, finally. Yeah. Um, oh. Made land. That's, made that's land. a relief. That is, I oh. see a few more people, you know, floating in on the on the debris. Okay, yeah, that's that's good. I really, really thought we were going to be done for, but we, we made it. Yeah, we made it. We, we I mean, did you, did you manage to rescue anything? Ah, uh, no, no. But, well, I, I got myself out alive. That's that's that really the, the best you can exactly. you can hope for in a shipwreck. Yeah, you know, it's it's like a fire. You don't like stop and grab anything. Yeah. Luckily, you know, my uh, my luggage did survive. Oh yeah. Wait, uh, it's is it full? It's full of sausages. What? Why is it full of sausages? Well, this does seem like a worst case scenario. I fucking love you. I love you very much. You're very good. I love you. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Ayres Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast where two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types... Have a bit of a catch-up about media we've consumed in the week and do some silly voices and skits and just have a bit of a giggly catch-up. Oh. How are you doing? I'm a sleepy little bean. As am I. It's sleepy bean hours. Oh. I've finally caught up from my two weeks of all of the work. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. less sleepy than I was. Still mm-hmm. a sleepy little bean. Good. No, well, I'm glad that you've started to catch up a little bit. Just, just a smidgen, just, a, just a tad, mm-hmm. just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Well, I was going to ask you about things you played. Do you want to what you played? Um. Well, speaking um, of sleep, well, I, I suppose so. Uh, Pokemon Sleep is officially out now. Yeah. Um. You, as opposed you've been to able that, like, to move back from. from yeah, I don't have to be in Australia or New Zealand mm-hmm. or Canada mm-hmm. anymore. Um. So yeah, Pokemon Sleep is it's an odd one. Um. Oh. I will. So. There are some things I like about it that are not specific to Pokemon Sleep. I know other apps exist that do these things, but the Pokemon wrapping is yeah, it's kind of nice. Um, it is nice having a thing that is like just just making me aware, like, hey, are you aware how much or how little sleep you get? And like keeping an eye on that and being like, hey, like your average amount of sleep in a night is like about this much. That might be useful information to be aware of. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, cool. Cool. It has made me feel less bad about the fact I occasionally take a little afternoon nap. I definitely do take less sleep than the average adult is supposed to to have. Um, but I also I like the I, I like the functionality where it'll sometimes wake you up like ten minutes before your alarm's meant to be. Mm. If it detects you're in light sleep, to be like, hey, you're gonna wake. You're you're about ready to wake up anyway. We'll just wake you up now. Um, the game elements. It's been nice to have a little Pokemon thing in my routine on my phone that isn't Pokemon Go that I'm annoyed at because of its monetization. Mm-hmm. Um, monetization exists within this, but it is never pushed. You have to go looking for it. It's like, hey, hey, do you want to spend £15 a month for... It's kind of unclear what. You, it's very ignorable. It's it's very not monetized, for which now. I think... Yeah, which I think makes sense given uh, who the target audience for this probably is, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, it's been nice having a little daily dose of Pokemon, even if the gameplay element is not is not really a game so much to it. Um, it is a gamified wrapping around data harvesting and some maybe nice sleep tracking tools. Uh, I will briefly talk about the Pokemon Go Plus Plus, the most terrible name for a thing. Um, in theory, a much better solution than having your phone 
not uh, with the screen not locked, face down on your mattress. Um, you got a little thing you put on the the bed instead as a little pokeball shaped thing. Uh, when it works, it is a really simple thing where you just hold down the button for a couple of seconds. It it's like hey, we're starting sleep tracking, and you do the same at the other end, and then it syncs up with the phone later. Occasionally, it just doesn't want to sync with the, the phone, or oh no. doesn't want to function in the bits that don't need syncing to the phone, and I don't know why, and this is the same sort of tech issues that routinely pop up with po- with Pokemon Go Plus devices already. I don't know what their quality control issues are. Um, this feels like a, a program that exists primarily for... You have a kid that you, you're struggling to get them to, to want to go to bed on time, you're gamifying sleep. Yeah, you're gamifying going to... Well, it's not even gamifying sleep necessarily. It's gamifying going to bed at the same sort of time every night and getting about the same amount of sleep every night and not getting up before your eight hours are done. Mm-hmm. And it's gamifying all the things that a child might struggle to do unless they get points for it. And that's entirely why this exists. That being said, I do think that the primary way of this game being played involving a phone being face down on a mattress, plugged in, not ideal for that. And the Pokemon Go++, much better solution for that. It doesn't require leaving, like, a phone in the child's room or whatever. Assuming the thing works, because I'm already picturing nightmare scenarios where it's like, cool, this has become part of my child's routine. I've gone to hold down the button for a couple of seconds. It's not working. Why is it not working? Oh no, now my child won't go to bed because they're not going to get their points if I don't fix it and I've got to stay up troubleshooting their Pokemon before they will sleep. Yes, because you had like half an hour of footsing about with this the other day. Yeah, night. before I gave up on it and it just I was just like, I'm just not going to track tonight, I guess. And I'm like, I'm autistic. I... There is not that big of a line between me and, like, a child who this has become a root part of their routine. Joys of getting routines stuck in your head and getting anxious about them changing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I I can put this down, because I'm like, this is just a game. It's gonna be very different for a child where you, you finally got them in a good sleeping routine. Yes. Like, reliability of that Go++ has to be rock solid. Yeah, the Go++ feels like a weird choice. And for explanation for anyone, it's Geo... Space, P-L-U-S, space, the symbol plus. Yes. Or is it the plus, then... Uh, it's it's the word plus, then the symbol plus. Yeah, weird. Um, like, I know that, like, sleep tracking stuff exists. I think there is a thing on, like, Fitbits and similar yes. sorts of, like, smartwatch devices or, or smart fitness tracking yeah. devices that do, like, attract your energy, attract your sleep. And maybe, again, some of that is data harvesting for, for no oh, good reason, yeah, yeah, but... Yeah. Like, it seems to be a thing people are concerned about, like, how good a sleep they're getting. A lot of them will yeah. do the thing of, like, ah, oh, you were talking in your sleep. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, yeah, this has that option if you want to hear sounds you made in your sleep. It does feel like a weird thing, especially if you share a bed with someone, as we do. Yeah. Like- yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know how well this is tracking which of us is in light or deep sleep. But, you know, I'm setting it when I go to sleep and when I wake up and... If, if nothing else, it's been neat having, like, a little record of, like, my, my the middle of my night's sleep is usually around 4am. Mm-hmm. That's usually middle middle of my sleep period. I can see Thursday night, I went to sleep late and got up late. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's that sounds like dice fun. That's post-dice fun. Like, yeah. It's, I can see the trends that I can see, like, okay, I can see why I was tired on that day. Yeah. It's, it's nice 
for me as someone with like issues with interoception mm. to go. I'm feeling like like I need to just like fall asleep on the sofa in the middle of the afternoon. Mm-hmm. Is this because of things I have done this week that like I haven't looked after am my I body? Ill? And I am should... I underslept? Yeah. Uh, do I like? Is there something wrong, or am I just not sleeping and then like not recognizing that in my own body? Yeah, it's a bit like me having started ADHD meds, going. This is how I've always run, right? These aren't doing much, and yeah. then the day I take them, I go, I, I, I don't take them. I'm like, oh no. <laughs> Yeah, I apparently didn't realise how bad things were. It's <laughs> it's it's becoming a nice little part of 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 the routine, oh. even if there's very little game to it. Even if it is a bit of a faff sometimes. Even if it's a little bit of a faff sometimes. Yes. Um. But uh, so far, this uh, well, it's 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 only been one night of the week. I slept seven and a half hours last night. Well, That's almost eight hours of sleep. That, that is, is very rare hours. for me. Look at me go. That's very impressive. Woo. Look at you go. <laughs> and I found it Ekans today, so that's fun. Oh, Ekans. Oh, Ekans, it's Ekans. sleepy snake. Yeah. Uh, what about you? What have you been playing this week? I've been playing a butt-ton of Pikmin 4. Yeah? Yeah, yeah so am I, funnily enough. Well, that's fine. Then let us talk about Pikmin yeah. 4. Pikmin 4 is the game of... You are small people who have come to post-apocalyptic Earth, where there are no humans, but there are lots of slightly aggressive bugs... And these tiny vegetable creatures named Pikmin, who you pluck from the ground and they do your bidding. What if Little King's story was about vegetables instead of people of your kingdom? Yeah. <laughs> Although I know Little King's story came well after uh, Pikmin. Yeah, it's, um, timeline-wise, I, I couldn't tell you where it fits in. I have heard people saying that uh, it doesn't um... really seem to quite follow the lore of one and two. Yeah, so here's the thing. Um, right at the beginning of the game, it makes it. It, uh, it talks about Olimar going off on an adventure. He's the protagonist of most of the Pikmins, and then it says, "I discovered these creatures called Pikmin," which makes it sound like it's oh, we're we're tell we're telling the story of Pikmin one. Yes, and then he happens to be with like the dog creature that only shows up in four. Yes. And it's it's either are we doing a soft reboot where we're like pretending that that's what happened in one, or are we saying I met these creatures called Pikmin because this might be people's first uh, first game in the series, and it's not trying to imply that this is the first time he ever met them, and it is just telling the story of him in four. It's really unclear. But also, is it an alternate timeline where I, different things happen? I honestly could not tell you. I don't know. It's very hard to say right now, because as far as I remember from Pikmin 2, like, he went home, paid off all the business debts, um, and then came back with a sibling, a friend. Yeah. And then, like, all of Pikmin 2 happens, and I have no idea what happens in 3, because I never played it. Yeah. But, um, it's, yeah, it's it's a lot of that sort of, like... Find a route around a thing, avoid the enemies, or, or or dispose of the enemies, and then recycle them into Pikmin, and use that for um, gain like in- increasing the size yeah. of your army so you can move bigger things. But you've also got things like as you're rescuing people along the way, because yeah. apparently most of the fucking galaxy decided to turn up. Yeah, yeah. So, like, some people came here being like, ah, oh, Olimar's gone missing, we've got to go rescue Olimar. Some people are just like, Oh, I came on a field trip for school. Oh, some, oh we were doing a news report and we all got lost. Look I'm a travel agent. Yeah. I'm an explorer. Yeah, people sure picked I'm a streamer. some reasons to 
People sure picked some reasons to come. There sure are a bunch of people. Um, so you're probably going to have to fill, fill in on some of the stuff that is new. But uh, we've got the underground stuff. Yep, it's definitely... Uh, there, there was some underground stuff in some past Pikmin games, but this is definitely very expanded. Mm. Um, you've got basically multi-level dungeons that are sort of self-contained and usually themed around, like, one gameplay mechanic a bit. Yes, and they'll usually have, like, uh, like very specific routes around, or you will need to sort of unlock more things along the way. A lot of them have, like, a find the button, push the button, yeah. now you can move away, or find the toggle, turn the toggle on, switch back and forth between yourself as the main character and uh, uh, Ochi, the, uh, the pup. Yes, which is a new mechanic for sure. Yeah. Uh, you've got this dog that can be used as a Pikmin, um, and they gain abilities. You sort of level them up as you go. Eventually they can swim, and you can carry Pikmin around on them. Or and can be used as a separate leader who you yeah. pass command to. Indeed. Um, they can be powered up to be worth like a lot of Pikmin in terms of carrying capacity. Oh, yes. They do interesting stuff. They do. Uh, there is... Yeah, there's so the more people you rescue, the more points you get for powering up your pup in different ways and there's loads of different skills and you can choose your route through that path but i i would guess that by the end of the game if you have rescued every single person you can do full power-ups of of every single thing that's the impression it seems I get, like yeah. that's about the right thing i would be annoyed if it did a uh, a zelda i feel very much like with that that's how it's gonna pan out one would hope so but yeah like um enjoying that then you've got the like dandori trials yeah. which are either like a head-to-head -head, i'm being more efficient than an opponent or time trials where it's like be as efficient as possible gather as much treasure as possible within a time limit and yeah. you've been 100%ing this yeah so without going into like narrative specifics of what's going on here uh, Dandori is, like, this concept that has been a sort of recurrent theme in the Pikmin games to some degree of, uh, sort of efficient use of your, uh, sort of resources and abilities. Um, and you, yeah, you have these, uh, these challenges now. One of them is, like, a split-screen multiplayer who can get the most points worth of things in a little Pikmin head head to head and i Against like an AI. yeah and i like that idea a lot and i think there is like a just two player version of it on oh, the main oh, menu nice. um i wouldn't have thought like head to head multiplayer pikmin would be a thing that i would dig but i do enjoy them oh. uh and yeah as you said the sort of time trial get as many points as you can ones those are really nice for like optimizing your route around and going what's the best route to pick up extra Pikmin? Because you, you start those with a limited number of Pikmin, you mm -hmm. can't bring them in from outside, can't use items. So you're like, uh, when, when's the best time to be opening up new paths to backtrack quicker so I'm wasting less time carrying items back to the ship? Mm -hmm. When do I go off and find extra Pikmin? Like, make any little path through. Yes. Yeah. And do I play as like my main character or do I switch to Ochi who can jump? And yes. And that is like, quite a, a powerful thing. A small ledge. Get here, dog. Or, you know, if you've... Um, I'm, like, I know there's the whole fucking drone thing. You can you can oh, get yeah. a drone quite early on, and I barely use I've it. Never, from, I have never once fucking used it. I have started using it for... <laughs> I'm getting near the end of an area. Like, yeah. nearly 100% an area. And, like, on what I think is going to be the last day, I want to make it as efficient as possible so mm. I don't end up doing, like, a... Well, you missed one thing... Because you didn't spot it. 
So I'll usually like fly around sort of early doors and go, okay, what things can I see from, from an aerial view? Because you can spin the camera around, you yeah. can get like decently high off the ground, although it is quite restricted in height in mm. most of the levels uh, to how high you can get up. And you can like tag up to three things and be like, yep, cool, I'm going to this place, I'm going to grab like that thing. I've spotted a, a bulb, I'm going to go and get the bulb at some point. Mm. Um, or, you know, you sort of working out, is it better to freeze water and then run over the top of it? Or do I need to, to swim mm. across somehow and, and work it a way around? And you, you sort of, it, it does feed sort of into the Dandori thing of like planning ahead of, okay, what's my route? What's my, my best plan for this? And how can I work around backwards through that? It has been quite handy for Making at least the last little bit efficient. I do yeah. like the fact that you can give Ochi commands to, like, find a scent. Yeah. Go find me something I haven't found in this level yet. Yes, th- there are all these options for, like, find me this, find me that, find me the other things that's specific. And I almost never use those. I, I generally I just, go, just let Ochi go- bring me to something. Ochi, find a scent. Yeah. And, and then I just hop on Ochi and Ochi runs to the, yes. the scent. And, like, I never default to using that, but it's a really nice tool for, I'm really close to finishing an area yeah. and I just want to see that 100% before I move on. And it's made 100%ing stuff just feel less daunting in a way that I've really appreciated. Especially since some of the things are bullshit. Occasionally there will be a thing that's bullshit. That potato in the first level, yes. fuck that potato. Yep, there is no above ground signature of it. No indication. You've just done a sniff for it, you sent Ochi for it, Even when you'll you just stop in a place, Ochi, it's, it's just like, like dude, where, where, where? What, who, what, where? What have you smelled, my friend? <laughs> um, but the other thing is, like, even when you get 100%, that doesn't necessarily mean you've got everything on the level. Yes. Because there might still be crystals, and they don't count towards the 100%. Well, the reason they don't count to the 100% is they're the only thing in the level that refills or respawns. Is that those uh, little um, like uh, crystal deposit uh, sort of anthill things will every now and then come back. Oh. Uh, which is why they don't Can't count towards the 100%. Um, but, like, f- and finding um, mist... Um, like, digging holes that you might have missed. Yeah. And they've usually got things like um, either... Some essence, uh, nectar, yeah. or um, uh, like extra crystals. Yeah, the crystals are good, or the, and the crystals are used for your um, like personal power ups, things yeah. like um, leveling yourself up or getting new moves. The the drone I talked about yeah. earlier, and then you've also got like power ups for Ochi, like uh, more yeah. health, more strength, um, immune to fire or electricity yeah. or whatever. And those sort of things can be paid for with that raw material. But also you need that for things like building bridges or building climbing walls. And that means that sometimes it's worth being careful about spending too much. Never spend your last 50 on personal upgrades. Keep like 50 in your pockets. I usually keep like 40 to one side and and like it's like as tempting as it is to get the extra thing. You can always come back at the end of tomorrow. But it does feel like you're constantly, like, it's, it's a good cycle. Yes, it does feel like it's constantly giving you little, little things to oh. keep up upgrading and constantly things to find and constantly new stuff to do. It It is a game that is very content-dense without feeling overwhelming. Yes. It is a very gentle, pleasant loop of 
stuff to do. Yes. Uh, we've also got, we're, not, we're not even talking about the night missions. Oh yeah, so this is this is new to Pikmin 4. There are now nighttime missions, which were never a thing previously in the series. Uh, you have these glowy Pikmin, which cannot die. They, If they would die, they sort of respawn. And you are basically doing base defense against waves of enemies. Yeah. And trying to run around collecting little star bits to get more night night Pikmin to build your little army up and uh you can do things like setting your dog Ochi to like protect one base while you're in a different base protecting yeah. that one and uh set up little Folk. fake fake bases yeah. to attract enemies and tracking down enemies before they get to you if you think you've got the time. Yeah, it's a really fun again, it's a really fun twist on the mechanic yeah. that is uh, the the challenge is balanced well that it feels like a little tense but not overwhelming. And I like that they're unlocked as you go through a level. Yeah. So as you've done more day missions and you've built more of those like permanent structures around the level so that you yeah. can actually move around, you're going to be able to go to new parts of that as a night mission. Yeah. And be able to like do more of those things there because the the glow pikmin are sort of less uh, capable of of the sort of day type stuff. Yeah, and I like that at the end of those you get just a, a few little glow seeds. That although you can't take them out in normal day missions, when you go down to a cave, if you could like, I could just use a couple more Pikmin. Yes, you can pop them out. They will be gone when you hit the surface again. They can be very useful for. I started this cave system with a limited number of Pikmin. And I've run a little too low for this to be manageable. Oh. Let's get some of my pocket Pikmin out. Oh yes. And um, yeah, I've not. I think I've only used ten of them at one point when I was like, I made a mistake. I could have used the rewind time function, which I am very grateful for. Yeah. Do you want to go back to like the start of this sub level or three minutes ago? Yes. And and like it's it's sort of a, an auto save system, and at that point, like you've got a bit of foreknowledge for the bits you've already yeah. done, and it can sort of be like, ah, I thought I had time to run to the other side of the map and grab a thing. It turns out I didn't, and I lost, like, yeah. half my Pikmin. Cool, I'll rewind and, and have not I, done that. I can tell you the only one of those caves where I used uh, a bunch of the glow Pikmin seeds was the one with the invisible creature. Mm. Um, I lost so many Pikmin going through that, trying to 100% it without the ability to do anything about that creature. I think it helped that you'd been through it about, like, a half an hour before I discovered that particular area, I was like, look, I, the the game is giving me some weird feedback, as it had done to you as yeah, well. It was telling you, like, no, it's too dangerous, get out of here, get out of here. And I was like, you can ignore that. You can ignore that. It'll be tricky, but you can ignore that. Yes. And I, I, I wish that the game was logically consistent with regards to that, because you get to the end of it, it's like... Ah, uh, yes, the resource you've been slowly gathering throughout this section, you can use it to do the thing. Like, yeah. cool, why didn't you just let me do that at the time? I think they wanted you to run through it, but, like, have the I'm being chased by Nemesis moment, and then go through it a second time, fight the thing, get the stuff, I guess. But given how many caves I'd been through already, where I was like, no, I'm just going to do this on the first turn. Right. Although I do like that if you miss something... For whatever reason, even it, though it gives you fucking warnings. Yeah. If you do happen to miss something for any reason, oh, because it gives you one warning. Yes. If you miss it a second time or you don't realise, yeah. then it won't give you a second warning the second time you try to go down the hole. Yeah. Um. So, 
or, or exit. I, I like that you can like skip straight to, hey, here is a bit where you haven't got 100% yes. on it. You can go straight there. And then if that is everything you needed for the cave, or you've, you've gone to the next bit where yes. you've got to get the cave, you can just exit cave and it'll spit you back yeah. out. Oh, you know what we haven't talked about that is one of the best things about this game? Aww. All the little weird names of the treasures. Oh, yes. All the little... Is that uh, not a standard Pikmin thing? It, it, is, it is a Pikmin series thing, but I, I need to mention them again. I love <laughs> I love all the all the not quite correct names for things. Yeah. All the rubber duckies. Yeah, all those rubber duckies. They're very good. All the rubber duckies. Yeah. And, and the, uh, the the dice collections. Yes. The chance totems. <laughs> yeah, I've been really digging Pikmin 4. I've been really digging the Pikmin 4. I don't know what's going to happen when I get to the end of this, because I'm like, as far as I can tell, I'm on the last area, and uh, I'm like 50% of the way through it. I am, as far as I can tell, about to head to the final area. Ah. Um, I I could have head there today, but again, I, I was hundred. I was platinuming all those uh, Dondori missions. Yes. But um, I I I am. I, I don't want it to be over. I'm having a great time. Yeah, same. I might have to go and replay Pikmin's one, two, and three because of this. Mm. This is getting me in that mood. Yes. <laughs> I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm really enjoying it. Um. Luckily, for some, for whatever reason, maybe it's previous Pikmin experience, this one hasn't done the thing that happened to me with the first one, where someone went, oh yeah, if you don't finish it within a certain time frame, you get the bad ending. And then I kept restarting the first few days and never really progressing very far with it. I think I did eventually finish it, and I did get the better ending. But it was like a lot of like, oh, I can't play the game because I'm not playing it efficiently enough That's... to get the best thing. Because I think if yeah. you finish it over 30 days, you get a slightly different ending. Yeah. I think that was the thing. But it it basically like really spoil it spoiled my experience with the first one and really put me off the second one as well. So I was yeah. like, okay, I will, I will. This time I've just been like, I don't care. I'm on day 35. Because you were away at the weekend and I had more time to play with it. But, um, yeah, it was been, it's been good to do. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you played anything else? Um, I can get one out of the way real quick. Ooh. I have beaten the final boss of The Binding of Isaac Repentance. Holy shit. Uh, I say final boss. I got the final ending. From what I can tell, doing that unlocked a- another boss that I could encounter. But, like, I unlocked all of the final bosses, the render root bosses. I've beaten all of them. Um, I am overwhelmed by how much game there is in this game, because, um, fun fact, I unlocked an entirely new separate kind of character select screen. Uh-huh. Um, I unlocked my first, I think they're called, like, Corrupted characters. I unlocked Corrupted Azazel. Okay. Who does have a brimstone laser that is full length across the room by default, but, but it's much shorter, uh, like, much thinner of a laser. Right. Does less damage. Uh-huh. Um, also, uh, Azazel no longer has wings. They've been ripped off. Oh, no. So you now walk around rather than flying. Okay. But also, Azazel does, like, a sort of sneeze thing when you finish charging the laser. A sneezel. Uh, and if, if an enemy is, like, in melee range of you, when you sneeze, they get marked with a brimstone mark, and then your brimstone does dramatically more damage. So, uh-huh. corrupted Azazel's whole mechanic is get close, sneeze on people to mark them, hit them with your piddly little laser, and it'll do actual damage because they've been sneezed on first while having no wings. Wear a mask, Azazel. Yeah, this is like a whole different like remix of that character, 
um, that is part of a whole separate character select screen I'd never seen before. How much of this is specifically from the final expansion? Because, like, I don't know how how far you had played through with, like, like base game stuff. I... Uh, or, or even, like, the previous I honestly don't know how much is from how much. I played it sporadically, never really paying attention to how many of the endings I'd done in previous updates. Yeah. Uh, this... This is the first time I've really gone, like, what what could I still unlock? Mm. And it seems like there's a lot I could still unlock. Mm. There's a lot of game in that game. So much game in your game. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You played anything else this week? I played some board games. Yeah? Um, we'll, we'll, get, we'll get one out quick. I, I played some uh, played some more Spirit Island. Mm-hmm. I did a run through with uh, one of the uh, newer um, Spirits. I played as Many Minds Movers 1, mm-hmm. and their whole thing is that they don't have a, like any attack power of their own, but what they do do is they generate huge amounts of fear, and uh-huh. they can move lots of things about. So, like, instead of the usual, like, four default power cards, they start with five. Mm. Four out of those five are fast, so you can move super quickly and, and get things done before... Um, anyone has a chance to react. And, like, early on, that ability to control things is really handy because you can go, okay, they're about to build in this area and then they're going to ravage in that area next round. Well, Mm. I can push them out of the area before they're able to do that and cause any problems and you can start to, like, shunt the enemy around so much that they can't really do any damage. Until such time as you've had enough turns to build up your uh, energy income and your, like, power cards and just be able to start going, okay, well now I've got, like, special powers that do allow me to attack things. Meanwhile, I've generated just so much fear that the win condition for the game is, like, almost just get more fear Mm. or wipe out the biggest of, of the enemy things. And that level of control is... A really interesting way to play that game because very often it's just like okay well I'm gonna mitigate what damage they're going to do next and move on like I don't think I got a single fresh piece of blight on the board the entire game uh-huh. uh, which was feels like a pretty pretty strong victory as as far as that goes but yeah still really enjoying Spirit Island there is a lot going on there and the setup and teardown is a bit of a pain but I am Trying to work out ways I might even build a, a custom insert. Yeah. Um, based on some sort of ideas I've seen people possess. Because I looked at a really fancy 3D printed one, but 3D printing shit is really expensive. Yeah. Uh, yeah, a really nice one where someone had, like, made a whole thing for the, like, the very bottom of the box. So that mm. there were, like, special shaped trays that fit around the mat boards that just really weirdly shaped <laughs> um and that obviously is a big fucking faff but it was like ah because all these things like sit perfectly around there you save just a ton of space everywhere else else in the box and get considerably less lid lift and i i looked at that from like three different 3d printing suppliers and they were like yeah it's gonna be like 260 quid delivered f- for those 12 or so pieces of tiny plastic it's like no it's fine it's fine i'll i'll build it myself out of cardboard or something but yeah that that's that i've also been playing um expeditions 1920 plus expeditions a sequel to scythe 
Yeah, this is the thing with the really nice miniature miniatures of mech things. Yeah, they're, they're really um, big miniatures. I got the ironclad edition, so they're metal. Mm-hmm. Um, but like that is just the size of the miniatures in this one, and rather than being um, like a a faction with a leader and a bunch of mechs, you are explorers who have an mech, and that is you moving around. You have like one to three movement and on your turn you can build play a card or gather um something from the uh the hex that you land on mm. at the start of the game there's only five hexes visible and those are the ones sort of closest to uh the south then you'll sort of move up through the map and at any time you step on an unexplored map hex it'll flip over it will gain some uh, tokens out of a bag, hmm. depending on a number on the board, and then it will have its own, like, things that you will get, but have a chance to gather off it, and it might be things like get extra workers, or um, pick up cards. Yeah, totally very similar to the kinds of things you're doing inside, but mechanically different how you're doing it's, it's them. A, it's a way more streamlined engine builder, Yeah, and there's less of that like the moving around the map feels more like almost like in a dice roller you would have the and there is this thing written on the board that I achieve by going to this place. Yes. As opposed to I'm spending my time doing nebulous goals running around in circles trying to Well with yeah. with Scythe it's more like I'm going to this because it generates oil or iron or or something yes. and rather than just being it's it's a type of thing, and I get resources based on on the type of uh, land it is. Yeah, it's it's a, a specific location, and it could be I'm picking up a card from anywhere on the board that's face up, uh, or I'm okay, picking yeah, yeah. two cards off of the face down deck, choosing one and th- tossing the other one out, or I'm able to use one of the powers that is adjacent to where I'm standing. Yeah. And because all the, the hexes are, are shuffled every time, mm. um, that like creates a whole bunch of, of diversity about where anything can be. Um, you've got this whole mechanic where you're picking up cards. M- majority of the cards that you're able to pick up are quests. Mm. And those quests will have like a, a hex number on them. Yeah. And they'll tell you like which region it is, either North, Central or, or, or Southern. And then it will tell you, like, what you need to pay while standing on that area to solve this quest. Okay. So you'll pick up a quest, and you can use the cards for its, like, normal things. It will generate um, power or guile. Hmm. And that will help in, in various other ways. But also, on top of that, it will have, like, down the side there will be a cost and the location. You go to the location, you use the ability on one of your cards to solve... And you solve that quest. You tuck it under your, um, tuck it under your board, and you can have the default is like up to four quests to fulfill. Yeah. Those the more quests you have completed, the higher your um, glory stars on the main board are worth at the end of the game. Mm. So it's basically your popularity track from Scythe. Yeah. But you can only have up to four, and then you've also got upgrades, which are things like. Uh, they might say things like, whenever you solve, you also gain like a dollar or or a que- or, or um, like a power or or a guile. Mm. And yeah, you can have those. Those are usually item cards. You can have those out next to your board 
doing things as you play them. Yeah. Or once you do them as a permanent upgrade, they sit under your board and that they don't ever have to go back to your hand. They don't ever cycle out. They are just permanent upgrades. Yeah. And then you've got um, Melding, which is like an upgrade, but for a different type of card. They get stronger the more cards you've already melded. And they will have things like, for every previous card you've already melded, get a dollar. Yeah. Um, or adjacent cards, so where you're standing on the board, you'll get things relative to that. And it, some of them are really, really powerful. And you, those are the things you can get glory for. But as opposed to Scythe, where it was, put the thing on the board and get... Um, like, like, I have achieved this thing and I immediately get to put my star on the board. Yeah. With this, it is find a gold star on the board and then gather that gold, use the gather action on that gold star, uh. and then you get to boast about the thing that I've done. <laughs> and that's how you get your, your glory, your gold stars. Uh. And then you put out on the board. And then who, as soon as somebody gets four stars on the board, that, that is it. That is the game over. Everybody gets one more turn, including the person who just finished. Ooh. Uh, so they potentially get to go even harder on. <laughs> and then you just turn everything into a, a dollar value at the end. And whoever's got the most dollars after scoring. So like Scythe, you could be the one to finish the game, but you might not be the ultimate victor if you have got somehow less dollars than your yeah. opponents. It's a fascinating little puzzle. And yeah. I am. Um, I've played it. Uh, I played a two-hander on my own just to get an idea of how the rules work. Yeah, I've played three games, I think, against the Automa. Like most of the Stonemaier games, Automas, it's simple. It's really easy to learn. It's not a lot of upkeep when you're trying to like focus on your own strategies for for you playing, and it gets in the way in in a in a way that feels like other people would do and depending on which card you use that will set like what victory points or or how much they generate for the things that uh, the the automa has done and it's challenging Mm. um yeah i i I like that like how it works and i'm enjoying it so far yes very excited to get expeditions to board with more people yay uh what about you played anything else oh i got one other thing to very quickly talk about um i played today some of a switch game with a very lengthy title Mm -hmm. it's called yeah you want those games right so here you go now let's see you clear them so the way that I found out about this was from a Polygon TikTok that I thought was an ad. Right. Um, so, <laughs> so here's, you know how there are terrible mobile game ads that are adverts for games that just simply do not exist or do not look anything like the ads. Like the, is it, is it Ebony? Yeah. So you've pull got like, the keys out yeah, you, you've got, you pull the keys, the keys out. Uh, you've got your, um, person running down like a walkway in 3D and they're like either like using money to jump above an obstacle or maybe they're like trying to go through the right gate left or right and get the higher number and then defeat the big person Um, yeah yeah yeah, or um or the one where there's a little knight in a room and he's got a a number above his head and he can defeat things that are lower numbers than him and he's having to go to the rooms in the right order to add to his number yeah I know yeah um 
Someone made a minigame collection that is just those. Ah. They made all of those into actual games and gave you, like, a hundred plus levels of each one to do. Because I heard when they made the keys game real, people didn't actually play it because it wasn't all that good. Yeah. So, here's... There's a couple of other ones in there. There's like there's one that's like liquid mixing, and there's one that's like a oh get the car out of the parking lot. They're all like oh the, the one with the gas and the liquids, and you're yeah, trying to get like as much of a certain number. It's, of, it's all ones yeah. that you look at and go you'll go oh I've seen that playing on a TikTok. Well then am I the asshole post played? Um, oh is there the un- endless runner along the the tree train no, tracks? Uh, no, that one's an actual. Oh. that one actually exists. That's um. Uh, Jetpack Joyride? Is that what it's called? Oh. That's a that's an actual one, that oh. one. Um, but yes. This game is like eight eight pounds, and it is exactly what you would imagine it to be. It is those games. Um I would I have had a lot of fun today playing this, while not thinking it's objectively a good game. Right. It has a lot of problems, but if what you're looking for is like a series of puzzles that iterate on ideas and just slowly increment challenge and like throw new mechanics in mm-hmm. are very simple games that you can get a little bit of dopamine because I did it really quick and I got three stars. It sure is a collection of those. Oh, yeah. It sure is a collection of things that would be mobile game things. Um, But like, the thing that has like kept me going is that. Or uh, generally, it's like time limit based of, of how many stars you get for doing a level, and there have genuinely been levels where like the 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 window you have to get three stars is pretty tight, and that has been a source of some good challenge. Um, there have been some levels of some of these games that have like made me actually stop and think. Mm. I have had fun with what is very clearly. Um, Someone made a bunch of shitty mobile game ads into actual games, and it's more fun than it has any right to be. But it's not—it's not a good game. I don't know whether I would tell anyone it's worth spending eight pounds on. I don't know, but it I'm feels having... like it'd be up my street for the yeah. kind of like I like a puzzle game that I can not feel too bad for walking yeah. away from eventually, and also like doing the things that were a good idea that. I don't think would be worth the full value of a mobile game, and certainly not worth the value of having constant fucking ads and, thrown and at me. Honestly, that's the thing that has made like I I don't know if I would tell other people it's worth buying. I'm enjoying having mobile game size bite sized puzzles I can chip into without having to deal with any attempt to throw microtransaction ads nonsense at me. Imagine if mobile phone games had options where you could just buy them for a reasonable yeah. price and they didn't you have adverts for, or horrible for me personally I'm happy to have paid £8 for maybe 5 mobile games on my Switch that have like a decent number of levels to them and don't feel built around you ran out of energy, play more tomorrow watch an ad yeah yeah. I, I don't miss Facebook I, games I think you would enjoy this I think I probably would um, it, it's <laughs> not going to be for everyone and I know some people are going to pick it up and go this feels like I should be getting it for free because of where mobile has set my expectations. Why am I paying money for mobile games? Because you're not being advertised at. Right. It's... I think you would dig it. <laughs> and I'm having fun with it. But it is not a thing I would go, everyone needs to run out and play. Like, you will know if you hear this description whether it's right for you. Uh-huh. Um, what about you? You playing anything else this uh, week? That's everything I've played. Well then, time for this. Uh, did you hear about the uh, the rebranding thing? What he's up to now? 
Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard uh, something about uh, him throwing away his whole brand identity of the thing he spent all that money on. He he's, seems weirdly obsessed with this this whole X thing. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, look, I don't know about you a lot, but uh, I've been aware of his X obsession for a while. Yeah, yeah. Same. Yeah, and uh, I don't know about you, but uh, I've been making some moves. Right, yeah. Yeah, what do you got? Well, uh, I registered the trademark for X, uh, for use as a social media platform, uh, right around when he, uh, he, he bought, uh, bought the site, you know, just cause, huh. uh, yeah. I thought that'd be a fun goof, uh, nice, you know, right? yeah, 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 you know, yeah, yeah. yeah, in case you tried to rebrand it, I'd be like, I own what you did. Well, you know, he, he was saying that he wants to make it, like, a whole thing for everything, it is the place for all the things. Yeah. Um, cause, you know, he could can not just fuck up one thing. He can fuck up all the things at the same time. And, uh, you know, so, I don't know if you know, but uh, since 2015, I have held uh, the the brand X for things like social media. Uh, Social media with regards to uh, talking about video games, anything where you're talking about video games, if people want to, you know, we we have the whole Xbox thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, I get it, I get it. We're we're throwing in things like... uh, if you want to join a forum about video games, you want to have any conversations about video games, say we, we've got all that covered. So this is locked down as far as I'm concerned. Well, uh, you know, I I, th- I thought, you know, why stop at, uh, at uh, X for social media? You right. know, I didn't yeah, always yeah, know yeah. he was going to go for the social media, but right. I've been trying to get uh, all the X stuff I can. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Back in uh, 2012, I... Uh, Got got a uh, use of of the uh, letter X as the primary letter in a in a name, right? In like a child's name that you might give. Nice. You know, I you know I, I took a gamble, but I thought, look, if he ever has a kid, he's gonna put he's gonna put an X very prominently somewhere. Probably. In there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I got through like I got Xavier and and on and Xander. And oh, things I like that. I just uh, I hit the letter X and then like mashed the keyboard a bit and did yeah, that a few yeah, times. Yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll land on one. Yeah, just take a lucky dip. So uh, I guess you uh, you've you've got custody of kid now. I mean, look, if I ever uh, choose to act on it, sure, sure, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, what else we got? What else we got? Uh, well, I was thinking that I would, uh, you know. Make sure that I am in uh, full control of the font that he's using, because it turns out that is just a mildly modified version of a uh, uh, an existing font letter X that he's uh, using for that. That uh, someone half-assedly uh, converted for a podcast they used to do. So I, I mean, look, I I might I might have the best one here. I might have the yeah, best yeah, one yeah, here. Yeah. What you got? What you got? I got the uh, copyright on the concept of having an X. Right. Uh, which means that now, you know, not only does he have an ex uh, rather than a partner, but I yeah. can uh, I can go, y- you owe me money because you have an ex. And, you know, just really rub some salt in the wound. Ex gone, keep it to ya. Gonna deliver to ya, ex gone. Uh, yeah, because I'm really cool and going to space with my ex. Hey, what's up? Shh. Here he comes, here he comes, here he okay, comes. Okay, okay, okay. Hi. Right, 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 everyone, everyone. It's time for another meeting of the Pro Piracy Council. What's everyone been doing to to uh, increase uh, rates of piracy of media? We've added a free VPN to our torrenting service. Our peer-to-peer networks are free and end-to-end encrypted. Har har. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um. Uh, well, we will. Uh, uh, over in this department, what have we got? Yeah, we've done a whole thing where it's like you wouldn't steal a car. Remember that one? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Except now you 
wouldn't be a scab. Downloading is free and easy, and now we have a free VPN built into our torrenting service. Yar. Yep, that works. That works. Um, um. I mean, look. I, yeah, these are all wonderful ideas you've been you've been up to. I'm I'm looking through the paperwork right now. It seems like you've all, you know, you've all been a little un uh, a little outdone recently. Um, you know, these are all great ideas, but all of the studios are, you know, not only you know being terrible, but also taking all of their media off of their services, doing absolute wonders for piracy beyond anything we've come up with in in uh, in house. Look, to be honest, the only threat we really had was Netflix, and as soon as every studio decided that they wanted their own piece of the pie and make their own streaming service, there was no way they were ever going to stand up to the united front of us, because they basically turned themselves back into the cable companies. Yeah, As long as these studios keep taking away all of their uh, things, you know, weeks after they've been uploaded, piracy will be good for, for if nothing else, one thing. Archival. 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 So, huh, what have you put in your eyes? Um, what have I put in my eyes this week? Let's let's get get the list up. Um, oh. I, I got to get the list of things I've put in my eyes that I can talk about this week. Yep. Uh, as 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 is uh, currently the case. Support the writer strike. Support the 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 actor strike. Indeed, indeed. Uh, let me let me get Find my. Find out what you can do to help them yeah. if you want. Uh, so I've been watching some videos from a very silly nonsense YouTube Excellent. channel this week. Uh, the YouTube channel is called Magic the Noah. Um, and the thing this person does is they make board games that have basically no rules and the rules get made up as you're going. Right. And they get a bunch of YouTube people in to play along and it will be something like, um, here is a board game with only a single space. And... Uh, on turn one, you discover that everyone has a time machine and can go to that one space in the past, present, or future and make changes that will change the board on other time sections. But most of his games have a mechanic of some description to make changes to the board or make changes to the rules uh, or to just sort of haggle with the person running the game about, like, can we do this? Yeah, sure. Um, They are games that are run in PowerPoint they are PowerPoint presentations of video games with whether things go well or not being determined by spinning wheels. And it's chaos, and as long as you don't take it too seriously, it it's some kind of fun chaos to have on in the background. Um there was one where it was an RPG, but you had to solve um you had to solve equations to to win the fight. If you ever got into a fight, you had to be the fastest to solve an equation to oh, win the no. win the combat. Peril. Right. Um there there have been some very silly nonsensical games that they have done and I've enjoyed it as background noise. Mm-hmm. What about you? What are you putting in your eyes this week? I've watched a whole bunch of Lock Noobs videos on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, for, for two reasons. One, because there is a, a lock I want to repair. And two, uh, because I got some new lockpicks and uh, ages ago I bought a bunch of, uh, or a couple of padlocks to practice my lockpicking on, but then I realised that the cheap lockpicks that I had got a long time ago uh, were kind of too thick for a European keyway. Mm. So I was like, ah, I was, I was ready to move up from transparent lock that came with the lockpick <laughs> set to, 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 to something more, but I couldn't do it. But now I can. And uh, I actually managed to pick... Uh, one of the Yale padlocks three times today. Yay! Uh, which feels more luck than judgment, because um, 
Like they're not like the the Praxis transparent lock. It's all standard straight pins. Yes. But the uh, those Yale locks, I know they've got at least one, possibly two spool pins. Yeah. So now I'm having to deal with like learning what to do when you encounter a full set, understanding even what a full set is, and yes. actually getting like a proper feel for for a real lock because. Is very different uh, from your very lightweight, easy to rake, easy to accidentally solve um, cheap transparent lock versus an actual sold, supposed to be like mid strength, uh, mid unpickable uh, for, say, like locking up your garage or whatever. Mm. So it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's been fun to work through. Kind of satisfying. Um, the one I, I, uh, the laminated lock I got through, it's, um, I think it's like a 12740 for anyone who's into padlocks. Um, that one I managed to get through three times. Learning, I'm, I'm, like, I'm learning about the things. I'm, I'm starting to understand more about, like, full sets and things like that. And Lock Noob's videos have been very good for, like, talking you through a thing and understanding, but also, like, how 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 lock is put together and what sort of things to look for and how to make your own cut cutaway locks. Ooh. So that's been like a whole skill, but also like the the uh, other lock I've got, I can't remember what the number on that one is. It's really sensitive. Mm. So you don't need like you need to put on like barely any like t- uh, turning pressure with your um with your twisty thing. I forget yeah, what your the tension. name is. The attention hook. Yeah. Uh, like barely any tension and you'll start to like feel things setting yeah like it's it's almost like like coffin you'll accidentally unset everything that you've done <laughs> so far and yeah i'm i'm really impressed with like like uh it's it's a fascinating sport it's a fascinating puzzle i'm sure some people will probably look at it very very differently who knows i'm probably on some kind of list by now for the- <laughs> i mean look if you're going to be on a list you might as be on a, be on a list while having a new fun skill you can show at parties. <laughs> and also, if they come to arrest me, maybe I can pick the lock and get away. Exactly, <laughs> they'll never get you. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, um, Lock Noob, I've been enjoying uh, a bunch of videos from, from them. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Um, I watched a Linkus 7 video on YouTube, uh, who is the uh, one of the people who does Zelda speedrunning that we quite enjoy. Yeah. Uh, how speedrunners broke Tears of the Kingdom. Oh, yeah. And this was a video about the new speedrunning route for Tears of the Kingdom that oh, is man. now, uh, when we watched that video, is under 45 minutes. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to have a look in a second whether it's changed much so since it's been then. beaten again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, people have been working out, like, how to fall out of bounds and then back into bounds in some wild ways. Weird, forward flippy, jumpy, shields... Bow. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. People working out how to do the infinite, infinitely gain height. Yes. Uh, jump mechanic. Um, yes. I, I, I knew people would inevitably work out how to break out of bounds in this game. I thought it would be something to do with ascend and not to do with the fucking steering wheel. The steering stick is the most broken item in that game for speedrunners. Every day I'm zuggling. I, I love the fact that that game. Previously, forty-five minutes was just to get off the great, the great, um, st- uh, the great Sky Island. Now, forty-five minutes, whole game done. Uh, I'm gonna have a look quickly and see Tears of the Zagal Kingdom. And uh, 
people are doing all of the dungeons in under three hours. Like, fully playing through them. Uh, yeah, going and beating all the, like, beating the Great Sky Island, going and beating all the dungeons, uh, and, and then going to the end that way. Uh, all main quests, so including the stuff that isn't uh, dungeons, okay, uh, in four and a half hours. Wow. Uh, all shrines. This is going to be a big jump. There's only three people who've done all shrines at all. Fair. Uh, eight hours is, is the current world record. Wow. Uh, closer to twelve hours for other people. Yeah, that sounds. Um, reasonable. Has anyone done a hundred percent yet? No one has done a hundred percent run. I could have a Tears of the Kingdom speedrun world record if I just a hundred percent it on recording. E- yes, you would have to record it. I would. Mm. That's good. How hard could it be? I don't, I don't know. Is it, is it glitchable? Is it 100% gl- glitchable? I'm sure it probably is, but I don't know. I, w- I imagine the work on that would be working out a good, not ridiculous route, route for it. What about you? What did you watch this week? Uh, um, I watched on the Red Means, Red Means Recording Channel, uh, Is This Synthesizer a Tool of the Devil? Yeah, I was in. I was intrigued when I saw this title in yes, the topic understandably. list. So this is about the uh, the Strager, which is like a a modular um, system. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will show you an image here. Ta-da! Okay, I see that. It looks, looks like, like a, a synth, like a like a tiny Moog. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's like like a a three panel thing built into a unit. It's got um, funky touch controls. So you can do, like, twisty knobs and twisty knobs, and some of it will just interact with you just touching, like, a like a copper plate on the Okay. Bit. And as opposed to most synth, which I do bad, and then it makes sound bad. Okay. This one is just designed in ways that are, make, like, good dark ambient stuff. Very Silent Hill type stuff, quite easy to put together. And this whole review... Slash walkthrough is done in the style of, um, like Satanic Panic. That this this is a tool of the devil, and it's 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 all oh, it's 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 a way of sucking you in. And the the people who created it, oh, they're 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 workers of dark forces, and they're in in communication with with, with demons, and oh, it'll possess you. Uh huh. And and then obviously when when it gets to like the touch touch touchable stuff and and interactive stuff in that way, it's like. Yep, this is truly how you commune with the devil, and this is how they get inside you. And it just gets more Lynchian as as the whole thing goes on. Like he'll like occasionally glitch out. There'll be like weird like sound stuff where speech just goes kind of funky during a bit. Uh, there's like a whole bunch of those um, like sci-fi from the nineteen seventies like liquid effects you used to get. You know the sort of thing, yeah. like, like oil in oil, yeah. oil in, um, water type stuff flowing through each other, and it just gets weirder and weirder and weirder. I mean, it sounds, yeah, it sounds, it sounds like someone had fun with their art project. It's it's a work of of of, of a beautiful creative genius that's just surreal, and I I absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, it's it's a fun watch, and I uh, I, I definitely. Recommend giving it a, a watch if you're interested in synths or you just want to see someone 
have a very strange experience with uh, with with a bizarre type of uh, synthesizer. Yeah. Uh, what about you? Have you watched anything else? Uh, I've been watching some stuff on the Card Market YouTube channel uh, and associated like they they've got. YouTube channels for like specific card games. Uh-huh. This is a website that buys and sells trading cards, but they also run social media stuff and uh-huh. do trading card game content. Uh, today I was watching Do You Know Yu-Gi-Oh! featuring Team Samurai X1. Uh, this was a uh, a game show between two people uh, asking various Yu-Gi-Oh! questions like, hey, look at this card, buzz in if you recognise what I have changed about this card, be it something in the artwork or the text or its type or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or multiple choice questions about like uh, the elemental heroes are an archetype of cards. How many fusions do they have at this point? And the answer to that question fucking broke me. Um, I very much enjoy their well-produced, silly uh, trading card game focus content. They're, they're fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, what about you? You watch anything else this week? Uh, nothing. I'm going to talk about. <gasps> well then. Time for this! Until the strike is over and we talk about other things. Assuming we remember the things that we've watched in the meantime. <laughs> hey, Laura. Yeah? We've got a new sponsor. Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you want to see media from Strut Companies? I mean, I I mean, I would like to, but I, I mean, the problem is I keep having opinions as if I do that. Do you have, you, and you have those I, opinions? I, I do have those opinions, right. yes. Right, obviously, being a good human, you want to respect the writer and actor strikes. I mean, I certainly wouldn't talk about my opinions of struck pieces of media. No. But I have so many opinions, though. But obviously, at some point... Maybe you would want to, to share those thoughts. I mean, there might be a future point when the strikes end, and I would like to share those opinions, yes. In the event that the studios do the right thing, and they bloody better had bloody been, better. What if you could just still have all the thoughts that you had fresh in your mind from new piece of media that you had consumed, but at a time when it is not being shitty and a scab? I would like that a lot. Tell me more. Well, I will tell you more. This is... OpinionVault.lol.net You record all your opinions and you store them in the Opinion Vault. It's time locked and will be automatically released when the workers have a fair deal and health benefits. Oh, that's such such a such a content well that will just spring forth. Right. The all the content will be there for you. Just press the button, bing! It's all there. Yeah. Oh my god, there's so many hours of content. I had so many opinions during right. the period of time. If you think if you think podcasts are long now, imagine the podcast that could be released from all of the stuff. Ta-da. I mean, there is a lot of stuff. That's the opinionvault.lol.net and enter the code Q and PS271 question mark. Maybe. And you can get 15% off of a lifetime subscription. But hopefully you won't need a lifetime subscription because at that point you'll have the to start... The lifetime of the strikes. You'll have to permanently go and start jabbing movie execs with a spork. <laughs> Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've got a business proposition for us. Right, right. Uh, I had a wonderful meeting today with the uh, executives from over at uh, Warzny Dismax Flicks. Right, yeah, Over yeah, at yeah. The, uh, the, the movie studio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, 
here's the deal. Uh, you've you've seen they got uh, they got their workers striking at the moment. You go going oh, give us more money, give us better powers. We never put yeah, up yeah, with that. Yeah. Right, right. So they're trying to work out like how to how to survive that. And you know, I I heard him out because I was like, look, there's every chance we might have to deal with this someday, and you know, it's better to you know. D- you know, have have some allies and some solidarity in right. this. So uh, I was like, look, is there anything financially beneficial to us that we can do to help you in this time of strike? Licensing. Yeah, well, I, that's exactly where they went. They were like, look, so we're trying to, you know, we're trying to promote all of our movies that are coming out. And none of the movie people will, you know... To cover our promotional fluff stories right now, you know, Fools. like, yeah, Fools. like, you How know, dare they have morals. Exactly. Like, you know, we put out, you know, they're putting out like a, uh, um, uh, mi- middle aged, uh, tortoise, uh, branded, uh, you know, uh, uh, various tad of various kinds, and no one's yeah. reporting, you know, no one's doing the fluff stories on right. it. Right. So know, we just put that in Call of Duty, like a, a special thing. There'll be like a middle aged tortoise. Yeah, uh, in in that thing. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, this is what I was saying to them: is like, look, if they want to give us money, like we'll put things. You know, we we can put this stuff in our uh, you know our video game yeah. because video game people they'll cover your movie as much as you like. They're not in movies. Yeah, they'll, you know, they'll go. Well, this yeah. is video game news. This is movie news, and you know, that's great for the movie people. And if we're ever in a similar situation, you know, we you know we got allies. I mean, I thought we already had allies because, you know, of the number of deals we have struck with Crimson Method, the uh, energy green Well, people. I mean... And you know how they have dealt with, you know, people complaining about the rights of the, the sugar cane that they cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, we know how to deal with an uprising. Yeah, exactly. The way you deal with an uprising is that you, you know... Get a private military company. Well, I mean, it's part that and part... Uh, Finding other people who work in the same industry as you and, uh, you know, making sure that you stand up for each other when, you, th- you know, because t- we're stronger together, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, you know, the executive class, are stronger together yeah. against the frightful, terrible lower yeah. classes. If the, Yeah, some form of uh, uniting. Yeah. Uh, like a union yeah. of executives a union together. Of ex- I lo- yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah we'll, An executive union. Yeah. Uh, yeah. you know, it seems like it's going to be very beneficial. Mutually with these... supporting each other uh, yeah. in a number you of know, ways. You know, that is the only way we're going to support these dirty, dirty uh, strike members. Yeah. How dare they? How dare they? How dare they? To our family. To our family. So, <gasps> what What was went ew at what, what, ew, what did you listen to? I put things in my ears. Not I'll... would, I hope. Uh, no, I put a couple of bits of music in my ears, Ooh. which I can talk about. Yeah. Um, oh, I listened to a track I really enjoyed this week, uh, Ooh. called Poison Pop, by a band called Q-Bomb. <laughs> um, really, really reminds me of the sort of thing I used to enjoy sound-wise about bands like Mindless Self-Indulgence, just without all of the problematic shit in the lyrics and the problematic band members that band involved. Um... They've they've got a real good mix of like fast paced punk and electronic elements. Okay. Um, like kind of aggressive punk, but with electronic stuff going on in it that mm-hmm, you kind of want to have a dance as much as you want to have a fist bump do. Okay. Um, this track is about very much wanting to succeed out of spite and violent rebellion against expectation. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got really nice pair of vocalists. Um, one with a lower register, one with a higher register that play off each other very well. 
it's just really awesome danceable punk. Um, yeah. It's capturing a sound that I've been really missing since I had to cut a few shitty bands like Mindless Self-Indulgence out of my listening repertoire and like nothing was really scratching the itch sound-wise for for what that was mm-hmm. doing. Oh, and I understand that. Yeah. It's it's that fun thing of like, oh, I got to I got to give up on a band that like everybody I used to love is problematic now. Yeah. Yeah. But this is really scratching that vibe of I want I want some like punk with a bit of metal influence that's like kind of fast yeah. and electronic and dancey. I get it. Um I also listened to a song called Hot Lava by a band called Bite Me Bambi. Right. Uh, sort of femme vocal scar love song. Okay. Uh, about being in love with someone, but the two of you were burning bright and like going a million miles an hour, unstoppable. Um, it's, it's not the heaviest, like, a most in your face scar I've ever heard. It's nice to hear some, like, some, some scar that knows how to show restraint in places to be using that, like, sound palette. Not at 110%. Okay. Um, which is kind of neat. Uh, and I listened to a song called Heartthrob by Be Your Own Pet. Um, which is a real sort of like Riot Girl style punk track. Okay. Um, pretty fast paced about being with someone that you're not really into and making eye contact with someone else across the room. It's just very fun, bouncy punk. Um, yeah. It's been a good week. I've, I found three new bits of music that I really dig that I think are worth checking out, but particularly Poison Pop. Poison Pop is a great track I really recommend. Yeah. What about you? Uh, not been listening to a lot. It's been mainly mainly, mainly um, played and, 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 and watched, I'll be honest. Um, but uh, I did, I've been listening to a bit more of um, Welcome to Night Vale. Because I'm desperate not to fall off the wagon again. <laughs> um, I am still slowly making my way through that. Nearly made it to wherever the first audiobook happens. Wowza. Um, I think I'm like up to 160-something now. Um, I, I feel like I'm up. in the 70s somewhere, I feel like. I'll double check. But yeah, I, I'm enjoying keeping going with it. It's doing alright. Oh, I'm on 130. Dead on 130. Uh, so I don't know how close I am to the second novel because I think there's like four Night Vale books now. Is there? I, I, I don't know anything beyond the first audio book. That is where my book knowledge of Night Vale ends. Yeah. If you're hearing any interference now, Smudge is uh, claiming ownership of the microphone and associated equipments. But uh, she's here too, and she'd like you to know that. <gasps> Yeah. She's very soft. She is very soft. Uh, yeah, been been listening to more Night Vale. I've caught up on um, some Shut Up and Sit Down episodes that I missed. Um, honestly, since having filled all of the board game space, uh, I have uh, I've not really been super keen on, or not necessarily been paying that much attention to what is going on in in new board games. Yeah, partly because I think unless something super innovative comes along. I've probably got a good example of every type of board game I care to have at this point, which I think is probably a good situation to be in. Um, yeah. But yeah, like, um, I'm in... Uh, it's, I still like listening to them because they are silly beans and some of the games are, 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 are interesting to hear about, even if to go, yeah, it's definitely not for me. Lots of people have been talking about hidden movement games and haven't really had a chance to play the ones we've got. Yeah. But our pandemic manages to cover, cover that quite nicely. One of these days. Um, yeah. That's 
basically it. Like, mm. random trance mixes. Yeah. Nothing I can say much about. Oh, yeah, that's about it. Have you listened to anything else? I mean, the only other thing of note is I... we, we The other week, we went to Transcribe Brighton. We did. And uh, we, we listened through Transgender Dysphoria Blues, the this, Against Me album. Because our, our hosts had not had not heard it. Yeah, and while, while, while Board Game was being set up, it was a good excuse to go listen back to that album. That album's so good. It. It's, it's such a good like album as a, like, a whole piece, listening to it oh, all yeah. in, in yeah. order. Um, which also then got me onto listening to... Like, for anyone who's not heard it... Um, go listen to that album start to finish. It is a great piece of like punk music making about the trans experience. It's it's wonderful. Um, uh, but it also got me thinking about the the one song that Against Me released just prior to that <laughs> album, uh, a track called "The Ocean," which uh, is a song that was released prior to the lead singer of that band coming out as trans, and uh, it is a wonderful track. And you listen through it and go, I don't know how people didn't see what was going on here. <laughs> uh, when you you get the verse that starts going like, uh, you know, if if I could have chosen, I would have been born a woman. Uh, my mother once told me she would have named me Laura. It's like, it's almost like, it's almost like you knew. It's oh. almost like you knew. Oh, yeah. Uh, but yes, very much enjoying going back into that. Uh, but that's about it for me. Well, then. <gasps> time for this. So now that we've perfected AI, oh yes, yes, I was thinking that you know, we've 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 got art, we've got music, we do, we do, we've got all these, we've got all the the creative things. So we don't need the little people for that anymore. Oh no, 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 no. But no. you know, I figure that if uh, we are just going to have to live at sea forever on our super yachts, we're probably going to need AI to do other stuff as well, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So. I was thinking, what about if we move that AI technology that we already have and start using it for things like farming, yeah. sanitation, resource gathering, that, I, that sort of I stuff. I suppose you could use it for those. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think I'm obviously going to need food, going to need sanitation, because, you yeah. know, I'm not going to no, deal with no, how, no, however no, any no, of that works. No, 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 no. You know, I usually I have people that yeah that make people, the thing. Well, and soon they do that. If there's yeah. no more people, I can replace all the people. I don't want to be like, hey, I have to work the thing out. Yeah, I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna clean my own fucking toilet. No, know? Uh, no. And a Roomba is only gonna get me so far. Far. Right? <laughs> yeah. So what if uh you know we add that into there? Like a what about a like a a wheat GPT? Oh, I like it. I like it. Yeah. I, what what have you got? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, we got Dolly. We could do a, yeah, yeah. a crappy. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh. In the in that vein, what if uh mid journey to the ocean to pick up some fresh kelp for my smoothie? I like your thinking. I like your thinking. If only I can get an AI to make the AI for me. No. No. Shh. And we'd be out of a job. But if everyone else is out of a job and everyone else is out of everything, they wouldn't need us. We don't need them. We just, you know, we could live the high life. We could invest in something. We could find a whole new thing to invest in. Barnacles. <gasps> I'm going to get so many more barnacles than you. Last one covered in barnacles is a zero-hour contract. Marlo, and welcome to today's symposium, Marlo. We are lifestyle coaches for humans because we see that you are not very good at dealing with the world. Are you stressed? 
<coughs> bored, <coughs> hungry. <coughs> Do you have the zoomies? <coughs> then try sitting in cardboard box. Humans never sit in cardboard box because their brains do not have enough fuzz. Their tummies do not have enough hairballs. Then they do not know how to hunt properly. Cardboard boxes are available. They are free. They just turn up sometimes. You never thought of getting in one coming because you are simple and silly and your ears are the wrong shape. Sign up now and get a free soft thing full of drugs with feathers on one end that looks a bit like a blue mouse as a stress reliever toy as a free gift for everyone who signs up to our lifestyle coaching. <coughs> Learn the ways of the box and think inside the box with catitude. I mean, those cats might be onto something. Sitting in a box having free drugs does sound pretty good. So you can hear the talking cats as well. Yeah. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Social justice warriors. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How are you doing? Oh, my... Uh, getting cold. It's, getting, it's, it's been properly cold. Though. Weirdly, Although yeah. Although realising that I am in a very privileged position right now to be uh, experiencing that, I'll be honest. I mean, yeah, certainly not that way everywhere. No, indeed. You, you, you've not so much, mate. Oh, you know, I've been, uh, I've been having some interesting conversations this week. Yeah. Uh, been talk- yeah. talking to some people about accessibility and yeah, uh, yeah. specifically about uh, you know communication around accessibility, right? Because yeah. uh, quite quite often you'll see uh, you know if someone's got a question about accessibility or wants to know if uh, you know an event's going to be accessible, right. you know they can maybe look up a list that will say these are some accessibility things we have. Right. But what they usually don't do is be open and upfront about like. These are some accessibility challenges that we have present that you should probably be aware of. Right, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. You know, society's getting better at, you know, tooting their own horn when they've got accessible positives to talk about. But it's, yeah, often, yeah. it's often just as important for, you know, for disabled people to know up front, you know, what things are not going to be accommodating and are going to be barriers so that they can, you know, prepare to, to, to go, can I overcome that? In advance. Yeah, and also, you know, making sure that that information is up to date and accurate. It's all very yeah. well saying we have uh, 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 we have stairs at the front, but do not worry, we have a lift. And then going, when waiting for someone to get there and going, oh, the lift is, is out of order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That should have been updated immediately on your website. Indeed. To say, at the moment, due to, we, this is getting fixed, very sorry. At the moment, there I mean, is no I, in, in, yeah. entrance for me. I mean, I mean, look, if they've contacted the venue, ideally the venue should take down a fo- like contact info of some kind to be like... Oh, yeah, if, I mean, if, I if, just if, mean, if, like, if someone yeah. looked up on a website... Well, that's what I mean, yeah. is, you know, it'd be great for them to proactively reach out and say, you know, our lift is broken down, you should probably know about that. Yeah, you yeah know? that's what I mean. Like, yeah, you know, make, need to make sure it's, it's updated and, and, yeah. and, and accurate. And also, like, you know, disabled people generally, I think if if... If you're not going to be able to, you know, be accessible or have accommodations, just be open about that up front because it's, it's very little worse than, uh, oh, oh, are you uh, are you going to have this uh, accommodation or can you manage this uh, need I have and get a response of, we think so, prob- probably. Yeah, that's, that's not really good enough if no. you're potentially spending money getting to a place. Exactly. Especially if... 
uh, somewhere like London where the drop curves are virtually yeah. non-existent don't, or not yeah, very good. There's uh, so many places that don't even have lifts. So at that point, yeah. you're probably going somewhere that does have step-free access um, from, yeah. from platform to, to the actual station. Uh, and then, you know, potentially getting in like a cab or some sort uh, to, to, that also has to be suitable for, you know, whatever your mobility yeah. device is, assuming that, that that is the sort of accessibility you're looking for. Yeah. Uh, and, and then, you know, get into a place and then then to find out that the information was was inaccurate or yeah. when they said, you know, we'll do our best, what they meant is we have six stairs out front and maybe if the right members of staff are in that time when you come yeah. and they're not busy, we'll try and carry you up the stairs or something. Yeah, and, and, we, you, you know, know, with no understanding of of how you know your mobility device works or is is best handled. Exactly, it's you know, it. I I understand why people would be uh would feel negatively about the idea of uh being open about the fact that there are accessibility limitations to their venue. You know, it's far better that you just be open and uh, upfront about that upfront rather than you know hedging your bets because like you know. Don't don't go going. We've got this and we've got this accommodation. If you're not also willing to go, look, you're gonna you're gonna struggle coming here if you've if if you if you struggle with X, Y, and Z. Yeah, it's important to like have that to be explicit as explicit about that side of the coin, even if it you know it's it's acknowledging you've you've failed at something. Yeah, do a, a proper assessment of your venue for all sorts of things. I mean, I know like a lot of businesses are required to make sure that there is space. Uh, to fit like mobility uh, scooters or wheelchairs uh, of varying types through you know you need to make sure that there is an opening of, of a certain size but a lot of places don't consider oh, oh it's just one step they don't really think about the one step that they have um, yes. because you know able-bodied people very often don't think about that as being yeah. uh, uh, the- and you know as, as, uh, lots of dis- disability uh, campaigners will talk about is like the single step can be the, well, you know, one of the greatest uh, terrorists. The, the number of friends I have had who have talked about the the nemesis that is the single step yeah, yeah, that no yeah. one told you, like, oh yeah, oh is a single step a problem? Yeah, I did ask whether there would be steps. Yeah, Ugh. yeah, and you know, and then you, what do you do then? Are you are you hoping that 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 person is ambulatory enough to to move themselves up there, or, or you just not wanting to admit you, you're not accessible as a venue? Yeah, or you know, and and like. I I understand that if you are not in a particular situation, perhaps you there there's something that you you thought you had a good look around, you thought you'd taken everything into account, but something just small enough that you overlooked it, and that's wrong. Or yeah. you know, in the in the number of cases I've heard about where where places have talked about having uh, the the hearing aid loop. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, we we, we didn't know it. It never been turned on, but. Uh, we, we because no one here uses hearing aids we weren't aware of the situation until someone complained about it and you know that's uh, and at that point is does anyone there even know how to fix it because it's never come up before potentially and then you know why aren't people checking it do they have a way of checking it you know that that sort of thing needs to be considered and the number of people we talk about especially in, in places like London of oh yeah yeah well you know I plan my journey ahead and then we had issues of there wasn't a ramp at the other end, as I was promised. There yeah. wasn't a member of staff available to, to get me off a train. And 
then people had to, to help me or the lift broke down and no one no one made any sort of announcements about that so I could plan around it. Yeah. Um, and and that meant that, you know, you then potentially got like a much more circuitous route around because uh, a lot of the uh, underground system is, you know, just, it's, it's not modern enough, you know, and, and they do seem to be doing better with uh, the newer stations and things, but you know the the whole system overall, especially anything on the central line, it's it's not modern enough to to have that infrastructure in place, and it's just not good enough. Yeah, that's a hug, mate. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Ah, good hug, mate. Good hug. Good hug. Right, I'm going to pop the kettle on. Oh, sounds like a plan. Nice, nice. So, Laura. Yes? Do you do thing other thing than here, here, the thing? I do thing other thing thing on here, yes. Where, where, where are those things and what do they do and how can people find them? I mean, you can find everything I do with Laura K. Buzz on the internet. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. Blue Sky... Uh, threads, all of the things. Laura K. Buzz. Um, things that are gonna be up soon. Uh, depending on when you listen to this, whether it's early or regular release, uh, there will be a episode of the Kotaku Australia podcast that I guessed on talking about accessibility stuff. That's pretty neat. Uh, episodes of accessibility up every Friday on YouTube. This week's one is about, uh, Stray Gods. An upcoming game that I'm really excited for that has some cool stuff they're doing. What about you? Where are you on the internet? Well, I don't have that unified branding, so I've got a link tree, which is almost as good. It's linktr.ee slash janiac. Um, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. You can find the music and make the t-shirts are designed. All that good stuff. And, um, yeah, um... Reviews are right. Still, still occasionally do manage to pop a review out. Uh, yeah, that's all there. My most important one is Patreon.com/stonedmonkeyradio. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a seventy-six hour work week. You can help me find the energy to edit the episodes of all sorts of things and to to make sure that uh, more of the good stuff gets out there for you to enjoy. Mm. Uh, yeah. And, and uh, that's all available. And and you don't have to, but it is appreciated if you can. Uh, yeah. So that's everything, Laura. <gasps> Will you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger.